Thank you for joining us today with Newly Awakened Ministries. Title of my message is Jesus Happened. Um, and it was crazy. The way I want to start off this message really is about something that happened last night. Me and my wife, we were heading home, you know, I was just praying and I just kept feeling this verse, you know, just keep uh, just rising up in my spirit. And it said, resist the devil and he will flee. You know, it's James four, seven. And when I said this, no joke, I called April right after this happened. We were driving and, you know, we're on 149, a bat that sits right in the middle of the road. It closes up, turtles down, and it hits my windshield. Thankfully, it didn't crack it or anything. I was like, oh, my goodness. But <laughs> I was like, you know, the, I was like, man, a bat just came and hit my windshield right when I said, you know, resist the devil and he will flee. This happens. But I just want to remind some of you guys in here that the weapon of the enemy is for, it's going to be formed against you, but it will not prosper. You know that even as Psalms 91, it says like, you know, that a thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it, uh, yeah, but it will not come to your dwelling place. So we're actually going to read Psalms 91 today. And I go into the New American Standard Bible. Uh, did anybody bring their Bibles tonight? All right. All right, so Psalms 91. I'll give everybody a few seconds. But it is such an impactful chapter. I, I love it. All right. Is everyone there? All right. All right, I'm going to go ahead and start out with verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings he may seek, uh, seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield of bulrock. It's like, and he will not be afraid by the terror of night or by the arrows that fly by day. Or... It's like of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or of the destruction that lay waste at noon. For a thousand will fall at your side and the 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not approach you. You will look upon your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. It's like for you made the Lord, my God, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give angels in charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up with, the, with their hands. They will not strike your foot against a stone. And you will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me. Man, isn't it good to know that sometimes you can read scripture and it says God loves me? So because God loves me, therefore I will deliver him. He loves us, <laughs> and he, therefore, I will deliver him. I will securely, I will set him securely on high, because he has known my name. And he will call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life, 
I will satisfy him and I and let him see my salvation. I love that chapter. Uh, so like even when the situations don't look good, when things look pretty, pretty bad, you know, Jesus, he's given us his promises and his word that, you know, we can see destruction go all around us, but he's going to be our savior. He is going to be the one that protects us. Even if it doesn't look the way we, the way we think it's going to turn out, we know that God, he's going to protect us. Now, this next part of the message, you know, it's something the Lord's been working on my heart for the last several weeks, and I actually got to share it uh, this past Sunday at a church. Um, but it's more about the parable of the sower. And so we are going to read Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 through 9, and then also 18, verses 18 through 23. So I'm going to give you guys a quick second to get there. All right, so Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to start, go ahead and start off with the first one. It's like, so that day, Jesus went out of the house that he was in, was sitting by the sea, and large crowds gathered to him, and so he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed, some seed, fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky places and where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depths of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched because they had no, they had no root, and they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, uh, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And then others fell on good soil, and they yielded, they yielded a crop. Some of a hundredfold, some of sixtyfold, and some of thirtyfold. Uh, and he who has ears, let him hear. Yeah, I really love the parable. But now we're going to go down to verse 18 where Jesus explains it. And he says, Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one whom the seed who the seed was sown beside the road. And the on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But yet he has no firm root in himself, and it is only temporary. And when affliction and persecution arises because of the word, he immediately falls away. And the one who the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and worry of all of the word of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. And the one whom the seed was sown on good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears, bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirty. Well, that's always good. Because, oh, like, you know, it's like, what is the word of God going to do inside of us? So how is the word of God going to change us and produce in us? And so in summary with that, you know, the Lord, he was working on my heart and he kept just saying, you know, God's word is the seed. Your heart is the soil, but your life is going to show what kind of soil you are. 
You know, in Matthew 7, Jesus says, you will know that people are who they say they are by their fruits. And so how can we tell that someone's um, is a Christian? You know, it's by their fruits, obviously. Um, In Galatians 5, it shows the difference, the different fruits in the life of the believer and the unbeliever. And so Galatians 5, verse 13 through 26 It says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But... If you bite and devour one another, you know, basically fight each other, always argue with each other, always try to tear each other down instead of building each other up. Like we see, if it, has anyone gone on Facebook lately and just seen people do that? Yes. That is not the way we're supposed to do it. <laughs> I can just say, when we do that, like, I go in there and I'll, I'll put out a small correction, but most of the time I'll go and, like, hey, bro, I love you, man. I see what you're doing, but I'll give them a, a message and hope it's like, hey, if, there, if this is really unbiblical, this is the way I'm going to try to do it. I've, I've been mistaken to people that I, I've fallen into it before. And especially with one of my friends that I keep getting, like I kept going on and he kept, he kept saying something that was not gospel and influencing others to follow him. And one time I just had to put it out in the comments and it got really bad. And I just kept throwing more scripture. He kept getting bad. And the, I should have probably just shut up and not done anything because he goes and just removes me and everything. And it was just like, well, you, you, they literally wanted to kick out the word on it, but it is what it is. You know, some people are like that. Um, but Galatians five verses 13 through 26, it says, for you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another for the whole law is served in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, you take care of what, uh, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not uh, carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition of one another. So, that you may be so that you may not do the things that you please but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now the deeds of the flesh are evident and which are immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery uh, enmity strife jealousy outbursts of anger disputes di- uh, dissensions fraction of uh, factions envying uh, drunkenness, harassing, uh, <laughs> and things of these which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those that practice such will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's like, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And against such things, there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ have been crucified, have crucified the flesh. 
and with its passions and desires. You know, Romans 5, if we received Christ, then we went up on the cross with him, you know, on the cross. And then when he came up out of the grave, we also resurrected new life with him. It's like, but if we live by the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And so that is that part of the chapter. And so this is our measuring stick according to the word of God. That are we treating others with love? Is our life full with joy? Do we carry peace? Do we walk with self-control? You know, Holy Spirit, he is our greatest friend. And he always is going to point us to Jesus. And, uh, you know, the Lord, he kept laying on my heart. It was this verse, it was Romans 14, 17. It was like, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and the peace of the uh, peace and joy of the Holy Spirit. So one of my questions to you guys, I was like, are we allowing Holy Spirit to empower us or in make an individual? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to empower you to live righteously? You know, or are you receiving his joy and peace, even when circumstances are anything but peaceful? You know, there's this thought that I wanted to be more towards the end of the message. This is why I even called it Jesus Happened. You know, I was listening to one of my former teachers. His name is Pastor Casey Doss. And uh, man, he said this recently in one of his messages. Well, it was, pro- it was probably several months ago. It's just been sticking with me almost like every day. And it, it's really good. But he was saying, if you study some of the early church fathers, you know, they believe that when God came as man, you know, God came as man, not so that man could affect the things of God, but that God would change the things of man as a man. You know, his point was that that Jesus, (laughs) that life didn't happen to Jesus, but Jesus happened to life, if that makes sense. That the wilderness, he like this is what he kept saying, and it was so good. He was like, the wilderness didn't come to affect Jesus, but Jesus went to the wilderness to affect the wilderness. <laughs> he made the will, like Jesus went to the wilderness to make the wilderness a trying process, just as the Israelites had to go through. And sometimes we have seasons in our life where it's a wilderness. He made that a good process for us. And he showed us how to overcome that process. You know, when Jesus, oh, it was so good. When Jesus went baptized, the waters, he was saying the waters didn't affect Jesus. Jesus affected the waters. <laughs> Does that make sense? He made it where we could go into the water and actually show a public display. This is my faith. And, the, and it's not the waters that's in work, but the spirit of God that is in agreement because of what Jesus did in the waters to change us. <laughs> or even the water at the wedding, the wet, the water you know, didn't come to change Jesus, but Jesus came to change the water into the wine. Man, it is powerful. And, you know, like one of my, and this is one of the questions, what are we going to allow Jesus to turn in our lives? It's really simple. It's like, Jesus, I have some situations that I know you need to come in and change. I want to grab a hold of your garment. I want to see you change. But there's two more quick things that go along with this. It says, 
He was saying that the cross did not happen to Jesus, but Jesus happened to the cross. You know, the cross didn't kill Jesus, but he gave himself freely in changing all of our histories and our futures because of the ultimate act of the cross. And just like the grave didn't happen to Jesus, Jesus happened to the grave. Because the thing that meant that meant to look for death, this, this, the thing that was supposed to signify death was being buried in the tomb forever as your resting place. Jesus used it to signify his resurrection to be an empty grave. And so that's the message for tonight. And so if, to, if, go, if we can, let's just go ahead and just bow our head and close our eyes real quick. And if we can say, I need Jesus to happen in my life. You know, just like everyone that was crowding around Jesus and asking them to heal their daughter, heal them with their issues, to deliver them from, from the spirit, from evil spirits. Like, you know, if we can say, Jesus, there's something in my life that I need you to change. You know, I want, to, I want you to raise your hand because I believe that the voice of heaven is wanting to call you out. And he wants to pray and he wants to speak something good over you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want, if you want to have individual prayer, we can pray with you at the altars. But even for our online members and the people that are watching with us, if you want to say, man, I want to know this Jesus that can love me, that can set me free. The one that went to change every element in our in our walk if you say like i want to know him you know you just can say jesus please forgive me of my sins and i know that you're here i know that you're listening and i know that you died on the cross for me i know that you raised that you raised up from the grave and i know that you're living and you're seated in heaven and i believe and i want you as my lord and my savior you know, just call out to him. Just cry out to him. I know that he's going to answer you. And, um, you know, just find, if you're, if you're not around here in Clarksville, Tennessee, find a place to get settled into. But I'm going to come back and, to the people that are here real quick. If you, if you feel like you want prayer, is there anybody that wants to be prayed with tonight? Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's Fuel the Flame from Newly Awakened Ministries. You can follow Newly Awakened Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us through newlyawakenedministries.com.